Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I hope you are having a really, really great day, whatever it is that you're doing right now. Thank you for just taking some of your day to listen to this podcast. Um, We are back with Peggy Ployer and she is such an encouragement to me. She is such a blessing. I love how the Lord has used her in the lives of her family and her kids and her obedience to do what God had called her to do 20 something years ago to start homeschooling them when she didn't want to, didn't know what she was doing, had very few resources. And then to fast forward all these years later and to see what the Lord has done through her obedience to Him. And Peggy, you are bringing some much needed encouragement, much needed resources to, I know, hundreds of thousands of parents um, who really need this. And so I am so grateful for uh, what you're doing and just for the ministry that God's called you to. You. Um, Peggy is the president of SPED Homeschool. So if you missed Monday and Tuesday, make sure to go back and listen to those. But before we roll into our program again today, I want to thank our sponsor again, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great math curriculum, go to ctcmath.com. They are an online math program. And especially, you know, when we're talking about kids who have specialized learning needs, this might be a really great program for them. You won't know unless you check it out. If you're having a hard time teaching math to your kids, or maybe you love math, but you have several kids and you're just trying to figure out how to balance all of the kids and teach all the different levels of math, go to ctcmath.com, check out a free trial. It's not going to cost you anything at all. Just sign up for a free trial and test it out. See if it works for your family, ctcmath.com. Peggy, thank you so much for being back with me again today. In the last episode, we talked about a few things. We talked about um, therapy options Mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about curriculum and those, those, uh, there's just so much information there, but (laughs) I know, and I I know you've got a lot more information on your website so people can go to your website. Mm -hmm. Let me ask really quickly. Is there, is there a membership fee or anything like that for people to go to SPED homeschool? We are a nonprofit. So Uh, the majority of what we offer is free. It's actually paid for by our sponsors um, and our partners who are the people that are listed on our website. We vet them before we even allow them to to have a partnership um, application. But, um, but, that's, that is how I have always wanted to, to fund an organization knowing that our families are usually very much um, strapped um, financially. And I did not want that to be a hindrance for them to get information. And so, yes, um, you just go to our website and do it free. We do have a, like a paid um, ability to get get one-on-one help, just like a support group, but we have free support groups as well. Um, So, so the majority of what we offer is free for parents. That's awesome. That is such a blessing. Um, I want to talk about um, a couple of things, but the first thing I want to jump into, because we talked about it at the end of the last episode, is how do you um, how do you figure out if your kids are on the spectrum? If you've got a child mm-hmm. who you're just seeing something in them and you're just thinking, you know, I, I, I know that there's something about this child that is mm-hmm. different. How do parents figure out what might be different about that child and how to meet the needs of that child? 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because one of my board members, and you probably know her, Faith Barons, who is um, mm -hmm. with HSLDA, sent me a, a, a research article that said, um, we're missing about 60% of the kids that are on the spectrum wow. <laughs> when we test them. That's a lot. So I'm thinking... You know, maybe we are not so a, you know, maybe we're more typical than <laughs> the, the normal. Right. I don't know, being <laughs> on spectrum myself. Um, because now we consider spectrum issues anywhere from ADHD mm -hmm. all the way to, to nonverbal autistic children um, and everything in between. Um, we all have quirkiness. Um, yeah. And so... It's funny, you know, I, I would have dismissed my daughter as being on the spectrum until she started calling me out on my stuff. <laughs> and, and she's like, Mom, I've been doing a little research and I'm doing some free tests online, which there are a lot of them out there if you don't want to have to pay for it, um, just to kind of check the boxes and say, what am I seeing, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe start accommodating a little bit or get your child a fidget and see, does this really de decrease stress? You don't need an official diagnosis to give a child a fidget. Yeah, right. <laughs> and make it work, you know, and you you don't need you, a lot of the accommodations that we make in the homeschool setting, like, you know, turning down noise, um, helping kids focus, taking brain breaks. These are things we typically do with typical learners. Um, it's just that kids that have specialized learning needs often need them more or we are more vigilant about using them. Um, I mean, I went to school as a typical learner. It didn't feel like I was typical, but um, a lot of us that were on the spectrum that were, you know, then realized later in our later lives that we were on the spectrum, um, it, you know, we still learned. Yeah. Um, right. But, but it's, it's nice to know that there, there are some, some things that we can do that, or like my daughter, you know, she even says, it's nice to know that this is just what I can do to make it easier. Right. Um, and, and even my oldest, who was diagnosed on the spectrum, chose in college not to have his diagnoses known. And, um, and that's something that our kids can do too. Um, yeah. I actually interviewed a woman who said, you know, even when you're in the school system and you can set up everything within the college to get accommodations and your professors will not know it until you specifically disclose it to each individual professor. Oh, wow. And so you don't even need to use those accommodations, right. but you can know that they're there yeah. um, and they're available if you need them. So. So it's, it doesn't hurt your child any mm -hmm. to, to, to have it undiagnosed, diagnosed. You can get diagnosed at any point in your life if, yeah. um, if it becomes a need. But, but it's always nice to know, well, here's some accommodations that, that are used for people with ADHD, with dyslexia, dysgraphia. Um, right. You know, maybe you just need lined paper to right. help with lining up your math. And all of a sudden, things are making sense. So... <laughs> That's nice to know. Or you need a calculator. Yeah. You're on your phone now. Um, <laughs> or you need speech to text. Guess what? That's on your phone too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think that at some point, um, it, and I understand that it helps a lot of kids to understand that they're on the spectrum, mm -hmm. but do you think that um, there's ever a time where it's harmful to kids, to their, um, their, their sense of self-worth? 
when their parent comes along and says, you know, we're, we see something going on. We're going to have you tested. Mm. I, I could see that a child might go, wait a minute, you're telling me now that there's something wrong with me mm. and that that could make them very insecure. Do you see that that happens sometimes? And how would a parent it deal can, with that? But it depends on how you approach it. Okay. So like with my middle child who was, um, who has dyslexia and severe dyslexia, um, I, I found a book that talked about the advantages of dyslexia and it's called the gift of dyslexia. And we yep. talk it, the book talks about how it is a superpower. He's able to flip things around eight different ways in his brain all at the same time. Wow. And it doesn't help that much when you read, but when you're thinking spatially uh-huh. and you're doing other things, it is a true gift. And so to take it out of its box and say, okay, so this may cause you to struggle reading, but let's look at the advantages. The same thing with the autism spectrum. I have a railroad brain, I'm a train, you know, my, my, my brain works like it's a freight train. Mm-hmm. And when I am focused on something, I am so focused on something, nothing else matters. Like when I'm speaking in front of an audience, there could be kids crying, there could be all these other things going on. I don't even hear them because mm-hmm. my brain is so focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and so that is a gift. Yeah. The problem is, is when my husband asked me in the middle of me freight training something on my computer <laughs> and says, we should take the dog for a walk. I like lose it. <laughs> now that I understand this about myself. Because the train gets derailed. The train is derailed and it doesn't get on the track very easily yeah. again. So, um, but I know that now. And, right. and so, you know, training your kids, this, you know, about being on the spectrum is awesome. You know, yeah. because um, if you have to work from home, if you know, if you have to work in a busy office, sure, you you know, you can get a lot of stuff done if, yeah. if you're focused on it. But just know that if you have to tr- change tracks, this yeah. is what it takes. It takes a lot of mental energy. And so, if you're a parent going, "Oh, that's why my child has such a hard time going from reading to math," yes, yeah. that's exactly it. Right. Um, you got to give them that that warning this, the, the, the track change is coming. <laughs> right. Right. And we need to prepare for this. And, and then they can make that transition much more smoothly. But so yeah. in reality, it really relieves a lot of frustration. It does. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying. Once a, a parent and child understand what is actually going on, mm-hmm. then you can address the issue. And so it just depends on how the parent approaches exactly the topic. Cause you mm-hmm. know, if a parent goes to a kid and says, you know, there's something clearly wrong with you. Right. Let's have you tested. That might not go over so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. If we can say, you know, we I see some frustration in this area. Let's see if we can figure out why mm-hmm. there's frustration. Then I could see how that could really be um, a huge blessing um, exactly. in their life, mm-hmm. not just as a kid, but for the rest of their life. Yes, I mean, exactly. that's huge. Because otherwise, it, what they say now statistically is that a child up to about age um, seven to 10 mm-hmm. will say, oh, that's just something that happens in my life when when there's different issues going on. When they get older than 10, they start blaming themselves for those issues. Oh, wow. So okay. the earlier you approach these things as, you know, this is just something we need to change to yeah. make this better for you. The better off it is because then we start dealing with mental health issues right. related to undiagnosed needs. Is there an age, like a, a, a kind of a, a specific magic age that is the best age to start testing? Um, they, the, the tests now are so accurate. They do them at age three. 
Okay. Um, wow. So you're going to notice them really early on. They don't do so well with girls still. Um, okay. so, so that, that is just coming about because all of these standard tests were written for boys oh. who like to write, line up cars and yeah. line up trains instead of girls who like to line up their shoes right. and their closets. <laughs> you know, this, this is where me and my daughter fit into that category, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it, it's just, it's taking time, but, yeah. but there are some really good resources. One that I really opened my eyes and I've been pointing a lot of women to that. Um, that even like people I interview and they say, you know, Peggy, I think I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> I said, well, you might be read. Um, there's, there's a book called um, autism in heels. And oh, wow. okay. that was an eye opening book for me because okay. I went, Oh yeah, that's, you know, asking questions. Like I asked my mother when I was little, how do I make friends? And she's like, well, you just do. And this is what this woman <laughs> said. Her mom told her the same thing. And I'm like, but I don't know how. You know, yeah. I've learned to script how I approach people. And it's become natural over time. But it wasn't something that I naturally knew how to do. Yeah. It's so interesting when you say that. Because you told me that, actually. I think it was last time um, we were together at the HSLDA conference. Mm. And I thought, I'm, that's so surprising to me because you're such a friendly person. Like, I, I find it very easy to talk to you. And you seem, you know, not like a super crazy extrovert, but very approachable. Mm. And that's incredible to, to know that that is something that you had a hard time with. But what an encouragement to know that right. the Lord has worked in you and in your life to be able to make friends because you're, you're a super mm -hmm. friendly person. And so I would Thank never you. have guessed that <laughs> about you. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. As we try to impart a biblical worldview in our children and equip them to be salt and light in an increasingly secular culture, we need tools to explain how the scriptures mold our view of every subject we teach. We need homeschool curriculum that shows how the Lord rules over everything we learn while stretching our children to follow him wherever he leads. Learn how BJU Press Homeschool has served thousands of Christian homeschool families just like yours by visiting BJUPressHomeschool.com. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. We are back with Peggy. Um, we have a few minutes left, and I want to talk about one thing that I know is so very important. I remember early in my homeschooling years when we were still living in California, and we had a Facebook group that was for our local, um, you know, homeschool families. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of posts on Facebook, but for some reason, this one still stands out to me. And this mom posted in the group, and she said, I have a child with severe ADHD and I'm very lonely. Mm. And she said, I would really just like someone else who can understand what I'm going through, who would maybe just go to the park with me and my kids, you know, and a bunch of moms responded and said, I have a kid too. I have a kid too. And, and I just thought how neat that these moms are finding one another. Mm. 
And I had never thought about the fact that it could be a very lonely and difficult life to be in, a very difficult position to be in. So that's one thing that I know you talk a lot about is finding your your community, finding your tribe, finding people mm-hmm. to come alongside you. Um, talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, typical homeschoolers, they have their co-ops, they have their their field trip groups, and those don't work for our kids because yeah. they there's a reason that they didn't work well in the school system, you know, whether yeah. it was a private school, public school, whatever you call it. Um, and I found the same with my kids. My kids got kicked out of them. Um, and it was, it was very disheartening because I needed friends. And yeah. what I started praying, I'm like, God, I just need one, two friends. That's, that's really all that we need. And God sent um, through, through different activities my kids signed up for, again, in their areas of interest, I would search out the moms. <laughs> I'm like, who are you making friends with? You know, who can we? And we ended up, before it was popular, creating a pod. Now they're like the rage. Um, we had no idea it was called pod. We uh-huh. just knew that I needed friends, my kids needed friends, and they needed friends who accepted autism quirkiness because that's what we had. Right. Um, and so these other two families had kids on the spectrum and their siblings knew this is just what those kids do. And, you know, it's typical. It's it because it's part of our family. And so us, our three families would get together every week. Us moms would, you know, just sit and chat. We'd hire a teacher sometimes for our kids. We'd do field trips together. That was our community, mm. three families. And, you know, one of those ladies is still my best friend. Wow. Um, and one of the the kids, the my middle son, is best friends with um, with her middle son. Um, so those ended up being lifelong relationships that they created too. And so it's not always quantity; it's quality. Yeah. And and searching out, you know, going to those those park dates and finding that kid that's kind of hanging out on the side that your kid wants to go hang out with, and then ta- starting a conversation with that mom. And just seeing, well, what can we do together? Let's just see if, you know, do one thing at a time, see where it goes. Yeah. But um, but that's how we we develop community because um, it's not going to look typical. It's not going to be large usually. Um, and it's not going to look very programmed because yeah. that's what our kids need. Um, but it will be special, I promise you. And, yeah. you know, and that's it. it's the same thing. It's That's why we're doing our first family camp this summer. Um, oh, fun. Yeah. We've partnered with uh, Johnny and Friends, Johnny oh, Erickson wow. Tata's ministry, and we are doing our first family camp. And because our families need respite, they need to yeah. meet each other. And we're excited to give 20 families an entire week together. Wow. And, and Where have, is family camp going to be? Family camp is going to be um, just south of Rochester, um, Minnesota. Okay. This year. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's mm-hmm. very exciting. Where Where can people find their tribe? How do they find these people? I mean, you know, you, I see a lot of people connecting with others on Facebook and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's great, but you might find someone who lives on the other side of the country. Right. Um, And, and I know you're talking about, you know, finding people at the park and stuff, but, but what, what are some other ways that you can really search out these people? To, to families to, to go to their state, um, organization okay. and ask if there's any um, support groups or support group leaders that okay. know of like just field trip groups. Field trip groups are, are best because you can go to one field trip 
okay. especially something your child is interested in. Yeah. And it often will bring other kids maybe that are interested in history or interested in science. And then you're going to try, you're going to just start seeking out other families that, yeah. that go to that because you're not committed to more than one date. Right. Oh, that's <laughs> it's a, not great idea. a regular thing. Right. Um, and so, so, but if you are on Facebook, a lot of times just your local group, where's the park meetup? You know, yeah. let's just, yeah. let's just maybe hang out on the outskirts <laughs> yeah. and, and not be totally committed. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of where we've, we've, I mean, we've moved a lot in our homeschooling yeah. years and that's how we've always connected best. And, and not yeah. always does it work, but, but yeah, you try it out. But sometimes. And prayer, like you said, lots, lots of prayer. prayer. Yes, lots, lots exactly. of prayer. And maybe, you know, you be that mom, you know, who is the one who reaches out to the mm. others, like the mom did many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in California, you be the one to put it out there and just say, hey, yes. you know, where, exactly. where are my people? Where are my people? We need exactly. you. Because there's more people thinking it than are saying it. Yes. And, and so be the brave one and yeah. say, yep, I need somebody. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and people like to feel needed as well. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so it's, it's a good combination. Um, okay. We are just about out of time, but I want to ask you about one last thing really quickly, quickly yep. before we end. Um, talk about IEPs, because I know okay. this is a buzzword when it comes to kids with specialized learning needs. Um, mm-hmm. What are IEPs and what are they for? How do they work? Talk about that for a second. Right. So an IEP is an individualized education plan. And a lot of people think, oh, that's only for the public school. Unfortunately, when um, we have kids who have special needs, sometimes doctors will say, well, where's your child's IEP? Or when your child goes to a trade school, they're going to ask for the accommodations that your child had throughout their career in school before they'll give them those accommodations when they go into trade, a trade school or college. Guess what? You need history. So an IEP is a way to track what accommodations you've given your ch- child um, to focus on goals because a lot of times we're using multiple curriculums. Mm-hmm. to 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 meet one goal for your child. And so it's a way to track all of that information in one place. Um, it, it's not something you give the school, not something you give your school district. It's for you. But it also is for your child to help them to ask for the accommodations and to to help them to advocate for their own needs when they they graduate from out of your school. Here they have all this history. This is what works best to help me succeed in learning. And you've got it written down. And so even if your child asks for accommodations on the ACT or SAT, and I know those are probably going out the window in a lot of places right now, um, at least that's what I've heard, thankfully. (laughs) Um, But that college board asks for that history, not just the test that shows that your child has a specific disability. They want to see that these accommodations have been used throughout their learning. And you're not all of a sudden just asking for the moon for a test. Right. Because they're going to say, oh, when have they needed them in the past? Well, you can say, here, <laughs> I yeah. have paperwork. And I've seen it proven more that, um, that parents get those accommodations when they've recorded that history. And so that's why we offer a free download on our website on um, a template that you can use to write okay. an IEP and then step-by-step instructions on how to do that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can help with as well. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So an IEP is really a document it's of the history the of your child and the accommodations that they've had throughout their childhood. Yeah. And usually okay. you write them every year and okay. then update them. 
Okay. We go through that process. So it's sim- similar to a transcript or goes hand in hand with a transcript kind yeah. of. Yes, because then okay. as you get into the high school years, you also write a transition plan on how okay. you're going to meet their transitioning goals at yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very helpful. Well, we will put links to your website, spedhomeschool.com in the show notes. People can go there and there is a plethora of information on there. You guys will be so blessed <laughs> by what Peggy and her team have put together to help you, um, any families who have special specialized learning needs, you know, kids who just need that um, extra little bit of help. Um, and, and again, many families have it. I know many of you have friends who have kids who might need this encouragement. So make sure you share this podcast with, it, with them. Um, thank you so much, Peggy, for joining me this week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. I love getting to talk with you and I love what you're doing. Um, You are a blessing to so many people. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. If you've not yet left a review, please go do that right now. Leave a five-star review if you love this podcast. If you hate this podcast, well, you probably don't because you wouldn't be listening to it if you hated it. (laughs) You would have turned it off a long time ago. So if you're still listening, I'm going to assume that it's a blessing to you and it would be a blessing to us in return if you would go leave us a, a review. Um, Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Great rest of your day. And we'll see you back here on Monday with another fantastic guest. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.